Welcome to the Daily Dharma, a podcast where we draw inspiration from Buddhist philosophy on how to fix and better our lives. Join us as we dig through the archives of Buddhist texts, great teachers, and real life to grab an extra hit of wisdom to lift us up from the daily grind and find much needed peace. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Dharma. In this episode, we're going to be going over two Zen Buddhist stories that explore the theme of looking deeper beyond the surface. The first story is called Storyteller's Zen. Encho was a famous storyteller. His tales of love stirred the hearts of his listeners. When he narrated a story of war, It was as if the listeners themselves were in the field of battle. One day, Encho met Yamaoka Teshu, a layman who had almost embraced masterhood of Zen. I understand, said Yamaoka, that you are the best storyteller in Outland, and you will make people cry or laugh at will simply by telling a good story. Now, I have a special request for you. Can you tell me my favorite story of the Peach Boy? When I was a little toddler, I used to sleep beside my mom, and she often related this story to me. In the middle of the story, I would fall asleep. Could you tell it to me just like my mother did? Encho dared not attempt this. He requested time to study. Several months later, he went to Yamoka and said, Please give me the opportunity to tell you the story of the Peach Boy, just as your mother did. Some other day, answered Yamoka. Encho was keenly disappointed. He studied further and further and tried again. Yamaoka rejected him many times. When Encho would start to talk, Yamaoka would stop him, saying, You're not like my mother yet. It took Encho five years to be able to tell Yamaoka the legend as his mother had told it to him. It's in this way that Yamaoka was able to impart Zen to the storyteller Encho. This story intrigued me because when I first read it, I wondered to myself, what a strange thing to ask someone to read you a pretty classic tale, this tale of the teach boy, just like your mother did. But then when I really thought about it, mothers share stories with their children with so much care and love, and compassion that the child feels so comfortable enough to just fall asleep. So telling the story, like his mother, required a deep level of introspection, calm, quietness, patience, and this general loving kindness, which In the beginning, it seems Encho did not have, and the Zen master must have detected this, which is why 
he actually rejected the storyteller multiple times. But by reflecting on trying to imagine how his own mother, his loving, caring mother, would tell the story, he slowly began to cultivate that deep compassion, love, and patience that his mother must have had towards the Zen young master as a boy. And as a result, he was able to develop himself. In a way, even though we do live in a culture where we are often told way too much to carry too much weight and not enough times to take care of ourselves and to think about our own weight. Once in a while, we get interesting and quite often difficult requests that may change and transform us in unexpected ways. For me, I think that came in the shape of my cat. She was actually not mine. She was my sister's cat. But unexpectedly, she came to take refuge in my bed every night because she felt safe there. And I wasn't necessarily prepared or ready to take care of a cat at that point in my life. But because she had trusted me so much, I thought, you know what, I'm going to learn. I was never a cat person until this day where you chose me as your safe refuge. And sometimes it is the most interesting requests that allow us to transform and change as people. Because it allow, it kind of pushes us to think of ourselves in a different light and kind of grow beyond the parameters of what we thought we were. And that kind of growth, when it is real and genuine and comes from a good place, is a beautiful thing. The second story is called A Letter to a Dying Man. <clears throat> Basui wrote the following letter to one of his disciples who was about to die. The essence of your mind is not mourn, so it will never die. It is not an existence, which is perishable. It is not an emptiness, which is a mere void. It has neither color nor form. It enjoys no pleasures and suffers no pain. I know you are very ill, like a good Zen student. You are facing that sickness squarely. You may not know exactly who is suffering, but question yourself. What is the essence of the mind? Think only of this. You will need no more, covet nothing. Your end, which is endless, is as a snowflake dissolving in the pure air. I deliberated whether I wanted to share this story or one that was a little bit funnier. But then I realized this, just like the other story, seems very dark and morbid in the beginning. But when you really think about it, there is so much beauty in this very short yet meaningful story. I think the first thing that I find really moving is that he acknowledges the suffering of his friend, and despite not being able to do anything about that suffering, acknowledges it, 
and says, hey, I see you, you're trying, you're struggling, but you're doing a good job. You're being a good Zen Buddhist student. You're trying your best and that matters here. And then the second thing he does is actually give this person good advice, advice that perhaps with some thinking actually leads to less suffering. Now, of course, I'm no theologian, but when asking what is the essence of the mind, what I like about this letter is that it talks about how flexible the mind is and how all of the suffering that this person must be feeling is real, yet can transform. Just like it's not fixed in any certain state, just as just so that means it's not fixed in the state of sickness or in suffering. It's not neither pleasure nor pain. And most beautifully, the way he ends off is that your mind is no different than a snowflake dissolving into air. It exists and then it doesn't, but that doesn't mean it's entirely gone. As we all know, the snowflake is still in the air as a gas. Water just simply evaporates and then it condenses again and becomes rain, which crystallizes into snowflakes. And in a way, he is saying that you don't need to be afraid, you don't need to be sad, you don't need to covet or think that you're missing out. The natural course of life is happening right now, and all you need to do is examine yourself to see that, especially in a moment of death, to give, to offer this thought and these ideas that may lead to less suffering within a person is such a beautiful thing. And whether it's yourself or someone else in your life, to be able to give yourself that lesser burden, that gateway into thinking about things in different ways can actually lead to less suffering. Something, the last thing I wanted to kind of impart today is the fact that many times today I caught myself thinking in ways that I knew was hurtful and wasn't great. But a gentle reminder, hey, you don't have to think about this. Thinking about about this causes you pain. Was all I needed to kind of shift gears and shift direction. And of course, that's a very simple example. But the mind, just as the letter in the story said, is truly malleable. It is there and it also isn't truly there. It is something quite magical that you could be sad one moment and not the other. It doesn't hold on to anything permanently, forever. That is, unless we decide that it should. But even then, over time, there are wears and tears, and there will be transformation in some way. That's the beauty of the mind, the essence of the mind, that I particularly like to reflect on after reading that story. Now, for my regular listeners, this episode comes much later than usual, but 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode midweek. It has been an interesting journey towards healing and feeling better. And I'm so happy that I was able to spend this time to share these two wonderful Zen Buddhist stories and hopefully bring a little bit of light into your day. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back with another episode this Sunday or Monday, perhaps, but we will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful, calm, and safe rest of your week.